Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I left work at 2.30. I got home at like 3.03. And at 3.07, my sister called me. Because my daughter's neighbor was my sister's friend. He said that's the only person that he knew to get a hold of. And... My sister immediately, as soon as I answered the phone, she started screaming at me and yelling, who shot Tatiana? Why is Tatiana shot? And Eric, this is a sick joke, right? This is not real. And then she put the neighbor on the phone with this, and he had told me that somebody had shot her and the baby. So I drove out to her house, and the police had everything blocked off. And, of course, whenever I first found the first officer and I went up and asked about Tatiana, he said he didn't know who she was. And that kind of, well, it did make me mad because you guys are all in her house. What do you mean you don't know who she is? And then they told me that they took her to Riley Hospital. And there's no way you took my daughter to Riley Hospital because my daughter's 20 years old. And the officer went and talked to somebody and came back and said, I think you need to go to Riley Hospital. And told me that the baby was taken to Riley and that my daughter was taken to Eskenazi. So I left from Hovey Street and went to Riley Hospital to the baby. And when I knew that she was stable and had no brain damage, that's whenever I went over to Eskenazi to see about my daughter. And, of course, it being a gunshot, they wouldn't tell me nothing. And I flat out told them I'm not leaving because I know that's my daughter. The cops tell me that they brought her here and that I needed to come here. And they just kept referring to her as a John Doe. And finally they went and got the liaison and he came down with the doctor an hour later and talked to me. And when I asked to see her, all they would tell me is no. Just tell me no, I couldn't see her. And then I went back over to Riley Hospital to her baby. And I stayed with her baby until the fifth when they gave her to her dad. Do you get to see the grandbaby? Yeah, I got to stay with her until they gave her to her dad. I mean, do you get to see her now? No. No. They finally let me get a video chat with her a couple weeks ago. Well, there is such thing as grandparent rights, so you do have rights to see your granddaughter. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. You know, you may have to When I went to apply for them. Yeah. Yeah, when I went to apply for it, I also applied for emergency custody. Well, tried to apply for emergency custody, and they flat out told me that because my daughter didn't have any open cases, it would be considered a new filing, and that I would have to lawyer up. So I just got legal services through my job. So they sent me a list of lawyers yesterday. You got to do what you got to do, you know? I mean, I know you want to see that's the last piece that you have of your daughter. 
it's a sad situation. That baby is my strength. That baby is what keeps me fighting. So I know my daughter's wishes. Yes. Her wish was not for that baby to be anywhere around those people. They were never around her anyway. The minute they found out my daughter was dead, they brought her butt to the hospital and took the baby. This is Mark. I write a weekly newspaper column about true crime, unsolved homicides, and the paranormal. You can find links to my social media accounts and columns on my website titled themarkob.com. Welcome to the Catch My Killer podcast. Thank you for listening. This week's story involves a young Indianapolis mother named Tatiana Sims. She was a 20-year-old mother who was viciously murdered while at home with her daughter. Sometime around 3 a.m., On September the 3rd, 2019, the Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department responded to the 3300 block of Hovey Street in Indianapolis. Police entered a bullet-ridden home and found Tatiana Sims and her young daughter suffering from gunshot wounds. Although Tatiana's daughter survived, she would die in the hospital. Police found over 40 shell casings at the home. One friend said she was just so young She was 20. That's way too soon for her to leave us. It shouldn't be like this, you know. Tatiana's death has left a trail of broken hearts. Her mother, Amanda Davis, has especially suffered from the loss. She had a great relationship with her daughter and loved her immensely. You took a mother away from her child, and now she gets to grow up without her mom. That doesn't make any sense. We will get justice for her, said Tatiana's sister, Danielle Smith. What I find so troubling about this case is that an acquaintance of Tatiana stayed overnight with her on the night of her death. He slept in a room with her, but claimed that he didn't hear anything and that he slept through all the gunshots. He then left the house and went to a neighbor's home to call 911. Amanda Davis, who is Tatiana's mother, told me that the baby slept on the couch that evening and this is what saved her life. Amanda told me that the entire bedroom was covered with bullet holes. She said that it would have been impossible for the acquaintance to have slept through all that gunfire and then walk away unharmed. So far, no one has been arrested for killing Tatiana Sims or shooting her daughter. For this episode, I spoke to Amanda Davis, who is the mother of Tatiana Sims. She said that she has an idea of who killed her daughter, and she also has a possible motive. Throughout my interview with her, she refers to the individuals as suspects. Before Tatiana died, she told her mother that she had received a death threat from a man who terrified her. Amanda said that her daughter knew this man was going to kill her. Amanda also told me that a possible motive is that her daughter had information about a homicide and someone wanted to silence her. Amanda has also said that there are people out there who know what happened to her daughter but they refuse to speak to the police because they are terrified of reprisal. 
Now on with the story of Tatiana Sims, as told by her mother, Amanda Davis. I got to read some of the different articles, I guess, about your daughter. Is, is it pronounced Tatiana? Is that how you pronounce your name? Yes. Okay. It's sad because, gosh, she was so pretty and she was 20. I can't understand why anybody would do anything like that to a 20-year-old and then also shooting her baby. Thank God her baby survived. But from what I read, there was like 40 casings found outside. 47. 47. 47. So that was, it sounded like whoever did that wanted to make sure that she was dead, that she was definitely targeted. See, she had known about a murder that some people had committed, and I feel in my gut that is what got her killed. It was the same guy that was involved in the murder that was at her house. He was in all white clothing. He had no blood on him. He claims to have slept through 47 rounds. He didn't wake up until my daughter was pinching him, supposedly, telling him that she was hit. So please tell me more about Tatiana. Tatiana Sims was born December 28, 1998. She was a blessing, really. The most beautiful baby I've ever seen. And she was a good baby, good toddler, very smart, outgoing, a very loving person. Her heart was gold. She loved everybody. She gave everybody chances. She went to school 31 for elementary and 106 for elementary. Then she went to Madonna and Manual. She was a good, good kid in school. She had very bright dreams. And when she had the baby, of course, she focused on her and dropped out of school. And she was actually supposed to start back school the day after she was murdered. She wanted to be a nurse. Her baby Malaysia was her life. Anywhere Tatiana was, you could pretty much guarantee that baby was with her. She lived for that baby. We all miss her. She's greatly missed. She was just starting to live her life. She was just starting to really be free. She had been in an abusive relationship and got out of it and was living her life. And it was taken from her. Her baby was given to her dad because he was listed on the birth certificate. Next to Ken, of course. It didn't matter that he never completed his DCS case. It didn't matter that there was a previous restraining order on him and the baby. Nothing mattered. The state gave the baby to him, and within weeks, he signed his rights over. Tatiana knew that her death was coming. She had told my sons and her best friends how she wanted to be buried, what she wanted to be buried in how she wanted her hair, and that her baby was to be with me. This is hard. I know it's still fresh, and it just happened just a few months ago. So tell me about what you just said. She said she knew she was going to die. Can you tell me more about that? There were some incidents that had led up to her, knowing that these people had jumped her and her best friend twice, and the second time that they were jumped, he flat out told her somebody's going to die behind this. So she knew that his words were true. I actually, the night that he threatened her, I had the baby. And whenever I went to bring the baby home the next day, she told me, Mom, I'm not coming on the south side no more. Suspect two put a price on my head. Never investigated. Nothing's never been done at all. I had told 
the detective about there being a video at a bar where he had threatened her life and jumped them. And the detective never went and got the video, never went and spoke to nobody at the bar, never did anything with the information. We had messages. I asked her Facebook page afterwards because they had her phone and lied to me about having her phone. We hacked her Facebook page and found messages where she was actually naming the names and telling people that she was in fear of her life and why she was in fear of her life. And the detectives done nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing. I met with him the day everything happened and told him everything that I knew. My daughter was my best friend. I was hers. She told me everything. He came up to the hospital and talked to me again. He recorded that conversation, and then I didn't hear from him again. He told me that he would be at the funeral. He did not show to the funeral. I didn't hear from him again until it was like the third week of September, and he finally called me and told me that he had her phone after he had told me they didn't have their, her phone. And he said that his reason for telling me that they didn't have the phone was because we were trying to beam her location. And he said he didn't want us to beam it and it be downtown and us think that they had somebody in custody. He won't tell me how many times she was shot. I had to wait six days to see her. The hospital wouldn't let me see her. I later found out that the reason the hospital did not let me see her was because they had already moved her to the morgue. They've really dropped the ball on this case. Suspect number one was there at the scene when the officers showed up. They never tested his hand for gun residue. This case is overwhelming, to say the least, to see all the sales that have happened in this case. And I'm not a detective, and I clearly would have done things way different, way different. I didn't hear from the detectives for, like, my life was threatened on the 27th. And I didn't hear from him. He was supposed to meet me with me at 5 o'clock that day. He didn't meet with me until 3 o'clock in the morning. And then after that, I didn't hear from him. My life was actually threatened again. My sister had told some people where I moved to. And they pulled up and tried to shoot my son. And I reached out to the detective and never heard anything from him until the six-month mark. And he pretty much had told me that he had taken an extended leave. and. Whenever he finally reached out, I asked him, did they get the videos? Did they get into her phone, at least? Have they done anything? And they've done, his words was, they've pretty much done nothing. They're still waiting on the lab to get into her phone. If they haven't came back with any evidence off of her phone, when they brought me her phone, her phone was actually still covered in blood, and I couldn't unlock her phone. It wouldn't even come on because of the liquid damage, I guess you could say, to the phone. Tell me that about... That first 48 hours is yeah. very important. Yeah, and they seriously absolutely. It. That's everything on the case, is the first 48 hours, because that's when you're going to be able to get people to talk, and you know, you're know you going to be able to recover a lot of the evidence before anybody steps into this crime scene, or there's any you know type of... Well, that's it. There was so many showcasings in her house, they had actually missed some, and my nephew ended up finding it. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How did you find out that Tatiana was gone? Did you get a phone call or did you just go to her house? Yes. But my mother's intuition was kind of to get my butt. I was at work and something told me something's wrong. And I've learned from past experiences with my daughter that if I have those feelings, it's best to follow them. And I left work at 2.30. I got home at like 3.03. And at 3.07, my sister called me because my daughter's neighbor was my sister's friend. He said that's the only person that he knew to get a hold of. And my sister immediately, as soon as I answered the phone, she started screaming at me and yelling, who shot Tatiana? Why is Tatiana shot? And Eric, this is a sick joke, right? This is not real. And then she put the neighbor on the phone with this, and he had told me that somebody had shot her and the baby. So I drove out to her house, and the police had everything blocked off. And, of course, whenever I first found the first officer, and I went up and asked about Tatiana, he said he didn't know who she was. And that kind of, well, it did make me mad, because you guys are all in her house. What do you mean you don't know who she is? And then they told me that they took her to Riley Hospital. And there's no way you took my daughter to Riley Hospital, because my daughter's 20 years old. And the officer went and talked to somebody and came back and said, I think you need to go to Riley Hospital. And told me that the baby was taken to Riley and that my daughter was taken to Eskenazi. So I left from Hovey Street and went to Riley Hospital to the baby. And when I knew that she was stable and had no brain damage, that's whenever I went over to Eskenazi to see about my daughter. And of course, it being a gunshot, they wouldn't tell me nothing. And I flat out told them I'm not leaving because I know that's my daughter. The cops tell me that they brought her here and that I needed to come here. And they just kept referring to her as a John Doe. And finally they went and got the liaison and he came down with the doctor an hour later and talked to me. And when I asked to see her, all they would tell me is no. Just tell me no, I couldn't see her. And then I went back over to Riley Hospital to her baby. And I stayed with her baby until the 5th when they gave her to her dad. Do you get to see the grandbaby? Yeah, I got to stay with her until they gave her to her dad. I mean, do you get and to see her now? Gave her to her. No. No. They finally let me get a video chat with her a couple weeks ago. Well, there is such thing as grandparent rights, so you do have rights to see your granddaughter. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. You know, you may have when to When I went to apply for them... Yeah. yeah, when I went to apply for it, I also applied for emergency custody. Well, tried to apply for emergency custody, and they flat out told me that because my daughter didn't have any open cases, it would be considered a new filing and that I would have to lawyer up. Yeah. So I just got legal services through my job. So they sent me a list of lawyers yesterday. You got to do what you got to do. You know, I mean, I know you want to see uh, that's the last piece that you have of your daughter. It's a sad situation. That baby is my strength. That baby is what keeps me fighting. I know my daughter's wishes. Yes. Her wish was not for that baby to be anywhere around those people. They were never around her anyway. 
the minute they found out my daughter was dead, they brought her butt to the hospital and took the baby. Never wanted nothing to do with her before that. What's going on with the investigation now? I mean, how how often do you contact the police for updates? Uh, at least once a month, I'm reaching out to him. And he said that he wants to stay consistent with me and reach out to me once a month. The last time I heard from him was March the 4th. And he had said that they had thought that suspect number one was actually supposed to be the victim and that some people were after him because of the murder that was, I feel, is the reason my daughter lost her life. But for the murder, they think that he was kind of at fault for the other guy getting caught because he left him at the scene. And the detectives think that, of course, people were after him for leaving the guy and that my daughter was an innocent victim in all of this. And he said that basically their case is at a standstill because nobody will speak. There's no witnesses whatsoever. Nobody will speak against these people. It's probably fear. People are scared of them. Yes. It is. It's most definitely fear. These are some violent, scary people. I know them, and they're not nobody to play with. All right, most likely not. Definitely people that do not, they do not need to be walking these streets. I tell people all the time, as long as you guys stay silent, you give these cowards with guns the power. As long as people don't speak up, nothing's ever going to change. It might take some time. Sometimes what happens is, you know, over time, people will maybe move away um, or there'll be ex-girlfriends that want to get back at these guys and they'll be willing to talk later. I mean, because it's still pretty fairly new, but I mean. Yes, there is a couple of people that have spoke with me, but will not go on record right? because of them being in fear of their life. Right. I've talked to other people have gone through the same thing where people have reached out to them and told them, well, this is who did whatever mm-hmm. to your child or your relative, but I, I can't go to the police with it, but I'm going to tell you. So, I mean, that that's not unusual either. Now, when Tatiana died, I read that she was asleep. Was there anybody mm-hmm. else in that? Was that her house or she didn't live with you, did she? Yes, that was her house. No, she had, she had actually been on her own for nine months. Was there she anybody with her? December. Or was she alone in her house? Just her and the baby. But suspect number one is claiming that he was there and that he was asleep with her. And we all know that she had actually quit talking to him and had him on the block list. His story just doesn't make any sense. He, his story to me that night was that he had went over there and they had smoked two blunts and went to sleep and that he slept through all 47 rounds and did not wake up until my daughter was pinching him, telling him that she had been shot. He supposedly jumped up and put pressure on her wounds and then went to the neighbor and told the neighbor that his phone was dead. He couldn't call the police. So the neighbor called the police. But then, of course, after the fact, after I made it to the hospital, the third suspect ended up calling me and had let me know that the guy had called her at 259 
the call to the police was made at 2.58. So how is your phone dead? You couldn't call the police, but you could call suspect number three. It makes no sense. And then, of course, the fact that he had no blood but a small little line on his right knee, and he was in all white clothing, a white hat, white shirt, white pants, white shoes, and the only blood he had on him was on his right knee. If you've seen the damage done to my daughter's room, there is no way possible for anybody else to have been in that room and not been hit. Her room got it the absolute worst. It was overkill. It, it was definitely overkill. They wanted whoever in that house. They wanted everybody in that house dead. That's what it sounds like. It definitely sounds like overkill. Now, 47 rounds, I'm thinking there's more than one person shooting. Maybe two. And you know, we've all said that. And we've all said, because I have videos still of her inside of her house and the outside of her house. And there's different size holes in her walls from the bullet. And they're still trying to tell me that it was only one gun used and that there was no semi-automatic use because they're illegal in Indiana. Well, clearly to let off 47 rounds in a matter of five minutes, if that, it was a semi-automatic. And it was more than one person because right. of the holes in her house. That just came up in my head right away that it was it had to have been more than one shooter. Now, they didn't, they didn't do it from yes. inside the house, right? They were outside the house when they did this. Yes. Neighbors reported a black car being parked at the stop sign. And you can actually tell from the shell casings, they walked up to her house and was shooting. And then they ran back to their car and took off. When I came over here for the um, vigil that the church had thrown for her, and I actually was paying attention to all the shell casings and the holes, it had actually looked like the way that they had walked up to the house, that the very last shot was directly into her bedroom window, that she had an air conditioner in the window, and they had pushed open one side of the air conditioner, and the shell casing had literally landed right by the chimney on the corner of her porch. And I was like, that's a perfect projectile for somebody actually going in her window. It's a miracle the grandbaby survived. Oh, and my daughter had just bought that couch, and the baby was actually asleep on the couch, and one of the shells had went through the couch. At the hospital, I was pulling pieces of the couch out of the baby's head, and that couch saved her life. That couch saved her life. And they said that she was grazed, and it was definitely more than a graze. She had to have surgery to have her skull lifted back up, and luckily, it didn't penetrate her brain or anything. So she had no brain damage or nothing. She just had to have her skull lifted back up. Now, how old, how old is the grandbaby? Three. Three? Oh, that she's, I was kind of thinking that if she was a lot younger, she might not remember. But at three, she's probably going to remember this. Exactly. And that's it. whenever I seen her face flash up on the news, I was angry, to say the least. I was suspect number one definitely knows that she can talk and so when her face was posted all over the news i was i was upset why would you put a surviving victim especially one that can speak on tv and why tell people that she survived people don't even need to know that those people could still be after her it's a possibility i mean she had a yeah she had a relationship with suspect number one she had been around him her whole life but if he was outside and she was asleep, she probably didn't see anything. I'm assuming. Definitely seen him in the house after the fact. 
like in one of the videos that I have of the house and the shooting, you can see that they actually shot her door open. They were definitely in the house. Okay, so they so you think that they, doubt. they did actually go into the house? So they started off walking I up to the I house, did. firing into it, and then once they shot the door open, then they just walked in? Well, I think after the shooting was completely done, they went in to make sure that they did what they was intending to do. And I yeah. think that that's also why it took so long for suspect one to go to the neighbors to get 911 over here. I've spoke with psychics trying to get answers, and I don't know how many people believe in them, but I've talked to three yeah, of I them, do. and yeah. they some of them they've all pretty really much did. came up with the same story, yeah, and but they've all come up with the same story that he had pulled up and ran to the back of the house. Now my daughter's back door did not lock, and he knew that she had issues with her back door, and suspect number three. When she called me the second time, she had slipped up and told me that he was actually hiding in the basement, which kind of made me want to believe that the detectives were onto something when they said that he was actually the intended target and not my daughter. Of course, the incidents that had happened leading up to it makes you think it's the person that told her he was going to kill her. So let me ask you this. If the suspect number one claims that he was in there, if he was in the room with her, he would have got shot. That's for sure. 47 rounds going through there. He would have got shot. Yeah. Now, if the killers came in to make sure that whatever their intentions were, were done, why would they have left him alive if he was in there? And how did he not have no blood on him, but a small line on his knee? I'm a very observant person. I like people tell me all the time, you're so in tune with yourself. That's how you know the things that you know. Like I've been good at reading people. And like when he came up to the hospital right after they had told me that she had passed away and I walked straight up to him and was like, promise me you had nothing to do with this and that you're going to tell who did it. And when he pulled it because he tried to fake like he was crying when he pulled his hands down from his face he didn't have a single tear in his eye and he said I don't know who did it dude you know something even the detective said flat out you're withholding information yeah because how did he get out of there he wire? had reached out to me I, that's, that's the big question if he was asleep in bed with her and then they came in there he, he wouldn't have been able to get out through the front door without them seeing him if they actually came in now, yeah. did, did he say that he saw anybody? Nope. He said that he slept through all 47 rounds and that he woke up to my daughter pinching him and the baby crying. He's claiming that he didn't see nobody. He didn't hear nothing. He's a, the silent, he's he's the silent type. He's not going to speak on nobody. Exactly. Exactly. And he had lying. reached out to me and had told me if I needed anything to let him know on, on January the 19th, I had messaged him and I, I know in my heart and in my gut that you know more than what you have told. I still don't know how many times my daughter was shot. I don't know which shot took her life. I don't get to see my granddaughter. You guys get to continue living on with your life. You said if I ever needed anything to let you know, and I need to know how many times my daughter was shot. I need to know what happened that night. And he looked at my message and never responded. He's not going to tell you. And he's not, he's not going to put anything 
in a text that can be used against him. Mm-mm. Nope. So either he was involved or he mm-hmm. knows who was involved and he may have been threatened. I mean, if he didn't do anything to your daughter, it's possible the person who did has threatened this guy. And this guy's probably afraid to talk. And he has every reason to be afraid to talk. Without I mean, a doubt. 40, 47 rounds through my house, you know, mm-hmm. he's, gonna, he's probably yeah. afraid to say anything. That's my guess. Oh, yeah. He's definitely, he is definitely scared to talk. And the type of person that he is, we have let the detective know, you know, if he feels like he's going to prison, he's the type that he will finally eventually crack. But he has to be pushed to that point. And without any evidence, they're not going to do anything. And they did come back and tell me that the ballistics came back. And at first they told me that it matched another shooting. Another homicide was his exact words. And then that was back in October. And then when I finally spoke to him again in January, he told me that he had it wrong. The ballistics just matched another shooting that nobody was hurt, but they still wanted to see if the same names were involved and that he was still, after three months, still trying to get in contact with the detective on the other case to find out if the names match. To me, this almost sounds like, I'm going to agree with you and say that she probably wasn't the intended victim, that the person who mm-hmm. who was, it may have been thought that that person was in the house at that time. So mm-hmm. if he was the intended victim. So what's this guy saying? What's he telling the police? He's saying absolutely nothing, that he knows nothing, that he slept through everything. He knows absolutely nothing at all. Okay, I'm sorry. Maybe I misunderstood. This same guy... Is he the same guy that you think they were after? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Because he was very abusive to my daughter, but when they had committed the murder that I feel was the biggest reason that she lost her life, when they committed that murder, my daughter knew that suspect one was supposed to be the getaway driver for that. He told her everything. And had he never told her, I feel she would still be alive. But he told her, and I will never forget the night because Tatiana was so worried that he had got caught, that something had happened to him because she could not get a hold of him. And he had actually told people that he had went to her house. And I thought, well, that's a damn lie because she was at my house worried about him. And then she finally spoke to him and then she went home. But she had found out that he had, of course, left where he was supposed to get the other guy from. But trigger guy and that the trigger guy had gotten caught so my daughter is it believed that all the details to that okay so this guy that you're talking about this that the same guy who claimed that he was there when your daughter died it's believed that he may Mm -hmm. have been involved in another crime another and then she he told her about it and that's what led to her death yes because just days before she was murdered, she was actually speaking to that victim's family and telling them what she knew about the murder. She felt guilty for knowing the information, and she wanted to right the wrong for what she knew, so she felt she needed to tell. They were all associates. I wouldn't say that they were friends. They were all associates. So my daughter wanted people to know that this is what happened. And if anything happens to me, this person threatened my life. It definitely sounds convoluted. 
And it definitely sounds like there's more than one person involved and there's probably a few people that know what happened. I'm sure whoever did this hasn't kept their mouth shut. Oh, no. I've heard stories of, of course, people have said that the one that threatened her, that he had actually been bragging about killing her and shooting my granddaughter. But, of course, nobody will go on record. They said that they know that he keeps a full arsenal and he is known for having ammunition. Everybody is terrified of this second suspect. I mean, absolutely terrified. My daughter was scared to death of me. Well, it certainly sounds like she had a reason to be. Definitely. And it sounds like the cops definitely, definitely need to take this guy off the street. I mean, find out what if he was if he did actually shoot your daughter. I mean, if he's been bragging about it, but then you still have to have people that are willing to go on the record and, and say, yeah, he told me he did it. But you're not going to get people to say that. Well, like I said, right now, it's still kind of early, but give it time. You know, people have changed of heart. Things happen. And then people talk later. Yeah, that's what, when I met with the detective on the six-month mark, he was like, it ends up to being the people that won't speak. Something ends up happening to somebody that they love, and it makes them want to speak. And then the detective was like, well, then it's a little too late. Well, I don't care if it's two or three years from now. If something happens to one of these people's family and they want to speak up on my daughter's case, I don't think that's a little too late. No, it's not. When was the last time you spoke to your daughter? On Labor Day. Oh, God. That conversation is burnt into my brain because on Labor Day, she was headed out to her grandma's house. And uh, when I answered the phone, her words to me is, Mom, I need you to pray for me. Somebody had messed with her car, and she felt somebody was trying to kill her on her way to her grandma's. She made it to her grandma's house, and I sent a mechanic out there to fix her car. She told her grandmother what was going on and told her grandmother that she needed a place to go hide out. They had planned for her to go out there on Thursday of that week. And my daughter went home and took a shower and gave the baby a bath and laid down. And at 3 o'clock in the morning, I got the phone call. And that was the first night she had stayed home since the guy had threatened her life. She was scared to stay at home. <laughs> Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, let me ask you this last question. For anybody out there that's listening to this, and they might know something about what happened to Tatiana. What would you say to that person? Please don't let these cowards keep having the power. We need answers. We deserve answers. She deserves justice. She didn't deserve this. If nobody speaks up, nothing's going to change. My granddaughter deserves to know what happened to her mom. It happened in front of her. The baby is going to be scarred for life. She deserves to know who did this to her mom and her. Whoever has answers, give them. 
to me, the detectives, to somebody, so that we can get it to the authorities it needs to go to. And that concludes the story of Tatiana Sims. Do you know what happened to this young mother? Her family is grieving over the loss of this young lady. It's been difficult for them to accept that this young woman is gone forever. She was only 20 years old. She had her entire life to live for. Her daughter will now grow up without ever knowing her mother and wonder who shot her and why. A person who would shoot a child should be in prison and not freely walk in the streets. If you know anything about the death of Tatiana Sims, please contact the Indianapolis PD Homicide Office at 317-327-3475, or you can call Crime Stoppers at 317-262-TIPS. You can even leave an anonymous tip. Perhaps you can point the police in the right direction. And if you are a parent, law enforcement official, friend, or relative seeking justice for an unsolved homicide case, please visit my website and complete the contact form, or contact me through Facebook. Thank you for listening.